Dakota. Coming up tomorrow, Bill Davidson, Harley Davidson. Young man under Willie G. Going to be inducted into the Motorcycle Hall of Fame. Jackal, their 30th anniversary show coming up on Thursday night. Friday night, we're all going to be paying attention to the Packers and the 49ers as uh, they kick off the preseason. Good stuff there. We now uh, go back to Green Bay, and we talk to our friend, uh, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larrabee's on the line. Wayne, how you doing, pal? Good. How you doing, Bill? Where are you at? In Sturgis, South Dakota, where it is 91 degrees and hot, wow. humid. Yeah. Wow. For the motorcycle you get around. that's out here. It goes from, <laughs> yeah, it's a sleepy little town of about 3,000 people that turns into 100,000 people in a matter of a week. So kind of crazy out here. But, you know, wow. we know what that's like in Green Bay when you get 100,000 people coming into town to see a, a Packer game for a day. And uh, a lot of uh, talk and excitement and such. But uh, also some confusion regarding the offensive line. Who's going to be playing where? Because they don't really know yet. So let's start there, Wayne. What have you seen that you've liked? And what question marks do you have right now for this offensive line? Well, a lot of question marks. You know, uh, will Bakhtiari be back for the opener? Uh, how, when will Elton Jenkins uh, be back? And if those guys come back, this line has a chance to be really good. But right now you're looking at uh, really – Josh Myers at the center position, John Runyon at left guard. Um, you know, uh, I think that Josh Nyman can hold his own at left tackle. And then the rest of it's kind of a mix and match as far as what we've seen, different combinations every day in practice. The uh, the protection on family night, not the best for Aaron Rodgers, uh, but still, you know, being able to wing the ball to Romeo Dubs and making a few plays and turning a few heads. Offensively speaking, look, Wayne, I've said all along, I don't think – the offense is going to be nearly as bad as what some of the national pundits are making it out to be. I, so give me your synopsis of how you think this offense is going to flow this season. Well, you know what, Bill? I think a lot of it will depend on can the uh, offensive line solidify itself and perform well early in the season. If not, it's going to be tough because they are trying to work new people in the, at the skill positions. They have the two running backs. Uh, they have the quarterback. But a lot of it is going to depend on how well the offensive line is able to at least hold its own at the line of scrimmage early in the season uh, when maybe the lineup I just gave you is what they have to go to Minnesota with. The uh, the, the wide receiving core, Sammy Watkins, had a few plays, looks okay, but uh, the guy that's opening up all the eyes, Romeo Dubs, I thought he'd be better in the beginning. You and I talked back uh, at the Rice Lake Celebrity Golf Outing and you talked about Christian Watson needing to grow into his body. We haven't been able to see that because he hasn't been able to get on the field, but if if he becomes anything of what they expect and the progression of Romeo Dubs once we start to really see him in games, maybe this wide receiving core is not going to be the detriment to this team like many predicted to be, you know? Yeah, you know, Bill, and two guys you haven't mentioned, uh, Alan Lazard has looked really good at this camp. He's big and strong and, and appears to be ready to take over a starting spot as he did a year ago. And then um, Amari Rogers is a guy kind of underrated, kind of flying under the radar. But boy, I tell you what, just watching him, his body language and that type of thing, uh, you know, I think this is a guy that certainly looks to me like he's ready to take that jump. 
That, that, that was going to be my next question because Amari Rogers kind of the forgotten guy that nobody really talked. Lazard, we all know he's he's got he's become highly acclaimed by Aaron Rodgers. He's a good route runner. There's nothing dynamic there, but he's just been extremely solid. Might be the best adjective to put alongside him. But Amari Rodgers could be an X factor in all of this. And I know you talk about his progression and maybe getting better. They say he looks, you know, I, then again it's camp, but he looks better than he ever has in his life. He feels better than he ever has in his life. Does it show on the field? Does he look quicker? Does he look a little faster does he jump a little higher yes he does um all of those things i think he looks a lot better uh in this camp than we've seen in the past last year especially when it was still kind of figuring it all out but um he's much more confident bill just the way he's moving out there and yes he's quicker he looks to me a lot quicker out of the slot and um you know i think he is a guy that's ready we'll see but i think he is a guy that's going to get some reps in the preseason and then we'll see if he's ready to make that next jump. Um, you know, they're working him hard, of course, at the return game, punt returns. Romeo Dobbs is also seeing action as a punt returner. So um, I think they've got a lot of things at typical camp. They've got a lot of uh, areas they're trying to make decisions on. And part of it will stem from what these guys do in the preseason games. But most of it will stem from what they've done over the course of the whole camp and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, that evaluation is ongoing. You talked about the special teams. I want to go back to that. We were hearing Rich Bisacci and not really happy with what the long snapper is bringing to the table right now, either of them, for as a matter of fact, and throwing the gloves on today to try to show guys this is what I want and this is how I want it done on a consistent basis. Is there a genuine concern for the long snapping position on this team? It's not something we talk about a whole lot, but certainly we've seen it's beca- it becomes very important when you don't have a good one. Yeah, I know. It, it can show up. I- the best long snappers are the ones you don't even know their name. And, you know, you never hear about them during a game. But, um, you know, you're right. They, when, you, when you know who the long snapper is, uh, it's usually because it's not been going well. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see this. Jack Coco is a, um, a very uh, – oh, he's arrived here at kind of in a circuitous route. He um, – really didn't snap for punts uh, through college. He was a tight end last year at Georgia Tech. And, you know, they're, they're giving him a chance. And he's run out there with the first unit on a number of occasions the first couple of weeks of camp. So I think they're trying to see what they've got there. And, um, you know, maybe he can do the job. Who knows? Stephen Wartell, they know what they have there. Um, and, you know, you have to understand with specialists and special teams, um, they're looking at everybody around the league. So, uh, you know, somebody could come loose that they like and, and maybe they give them a shot. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But that's the, at the moment, yeah, that's a position of question that I think will help sort itself out uh, once we get to these uh, preseason games. Really, since maybe Randall Cobb, uh, Alan Rossum, I go back to those guys, and they were consistent returners. Is this team... Do they have a consistent returner on this team, Wayne, that you've seen? Or is this, again, going to be just we're going to trials and tribulations all throughout the season? Well, it's going to be, you know, like I said, we just talked about him. But I think, uh, you know, Amari Rogers could solve that problem um, on his own. Um, if not, Romeo Dobbs is a guy they're going to look at at those positions, both punt and kick returner. So I think those are the guys that you look to that, um, that might get a shot. Rico Gafford is another guy who could bring a dynamic dimension to the return game. Uh, but the problem is, is he going to make the team? And so, you know, it, all of this stuff is to be hashed out. And much of it 
when you talk about these preseason games, I mean, obviously, this is not about starting unit guys. This is about the guys who are going to make up that bottom third of the roster, and they're going to have to play a big role based on where they are with special teams and, and some of the backup positions on offense and defense. Hey, uh, you bring up a good point, more of a thought, but, you know, I know that Matt LaFleur talked about guys and what they've been able to do away from the field when it comes to conditioning, and he was not happy with some of the conditioning that his team had uh, in the uh, family night game or scrimmage, if you want to call it that. So is have you, have you noticed a change towards that or uh, a stress point towards that? Because as much as we, you, you just talked about it, these guys are trying to not only make a team but get in shape for the regular season, but a lot of these starters aren't even going to play. So is that something that's become an emphasis for Matt LaFleur? I don't think he's concerned about the starters and about the guys who are penciled in to play a significant role, but uh, he felt some of the younger players that are trying to make the team um, – they may have been out of gas a little bit toward the end of that family night practice. So that was a little bit of a concern. But, uh, you know, he, he had a fairly solid practice yesterday. Did a lot of work yesterday. They got a lot of work in More of a 90-minute practice kind of quick. So tomorrow they'll go a good couple of hours. Um, you know, eventually they'll have these guys where they want them uh, in, in terms of football shape. Talking with Wayne Larry, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, joining us uh, from Packers training camp. So, Wayne, uh, all eyes are on Jordan Love coming up on Friday night. Uh, How is he like? Because I know a lot of people say he looks great, he looks changed, he looks, you know. To me, until he starts throwing into those windows with anticipatory throws and doing it uh, on a a dime and in a split second and really getting it between the ears, it it, it doesn't mean a lot. So you tell me what you think you've seen so far out of uh, Jordan Love. I've seen a guy who's much improved um, in terms of his footwork, in terms of the confidence, the air he brings about him, in terms of the way he handles the huddle and that type of thing at the line of scrimmage especially. I see a big improvement, but you're right. I mean, we're going to have to wait for games. And, you know, there's only so much you can glean from a preseason game because understand this. uh, He's not going up against a defense that is schemed to stop him. He's not going up against a large number of starters uh, that he would be seeing in the regular season. So it's going to be hard, but the, at the very least, you want him to play positive football. If he can do that in the preseason, I think they'll be happy. How will they truly know if, if and again, we don't know what the offseason is going to hold, and it's way too premature to start talking about it, but th- it's always there. It's lurking. The big giant, uh, you know, ball of death of the end of the career of, of uh, Aaron Rodgers could come at any point in time if he decides and you got to know whether or not Jordan Love is the guy. Do, do you get a sense that they have a confidence in him, or do you think that they are still, after a few years, trying to figure out what he brings to the table? Well, that's interesting. I mean, probably not a good question for me, but for the uh, general manager, Brian Gutekunst, I, I think they're, they're still in the process of figuring all that out. Um, but I, I do think he's giving them some reason, a good reason for hope this year, uh, based on the way he looks at camp right now. So um, I still think he's... He's a guy that they're continuing to evaluate. I think these preseason games, and also when he gets into the practices against New Orleans, next week is a very important week at camp with the Saints coming in. There will be two practices um, between the two squads, and that's really what both teams are looking for. That's almost more valuable and important than a preseason game. 
Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, I, I know it's tough because you're trying to absorb everything that's going on right here in our own backyard, but I wanted to ask you a little bit. We had uh, Paul Allen on the other day, and they were talking about they're trying to figure out the offensive line, but they feel really confident with their defense and their growth and some of the new guys coming in and the offensive weaponry they have. And some people are surprisingly saying that that is going to be the team that's really going to push the Packers for the top spot in the division. Now, we know injuries can always play a, a role in that, but give me your thoughts on what Minnesota has done and how close maybe you think they may or may not be to unseating the Packers in the NFC North. Um, well, they're, they kind of reloaded defensively. Um, the question marks I have on them defensively are not on the defensive front seven, but on the um, secondary, especially at the cornerback position. Some questions there. Um, I think that offensively they have excellent skill people. I mean, you know, you got Justin Jefferson, you have Dalvin Cook, um, Kirk Cousins puts big numbers on the board of the regular season, regardless of what he does in the postseason. But um, so they're the team. Yeah, I mean, on paper, Bill, at the start of the season, they're the team people are figuring is going to push the Packers in this division. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. But the team I keep hearing about a little bit as I did my research in the last month or so, the Detroit Lions could be a lot better than people are thinking. Um, and, you know, there's always two or three teams that come to a season that nobody's talking about and they have a terrific year. I'm not saying that's going to be Detroit, but they certainly have that feel, that look about them in Dan Campbell's second year. Hey, real quick before I let you go, the train wreck that is right now going on down in Chicago, Roko and Smith publicly calling out the front office. They've had their problems in Chicago, and I don't necessarily think they're going to put any pressure on the Packers, but give me your thoughts on the Bears and the direction they're heading right now. Yeah, um, you know, you would have liked to have seen them do a little bit more, at least on the offensive line and the offseason and free agency around that young quarterback. I think he's going to get really good um, tutelage from uh, Luke Getze uh, down there, and I think that's going to help Justin Fields a lot. But they don't have a lot around him, and they are in transition, and they're kind of where Detroit was about a year ago. So uh, I, I just I don't have a good feel that they're going to put any meaningful pressure on the Packers in this division. Um, and, you know, Roquan Smith's their best player, and they know that. And uh, they'll get something done with him because they have to. Um, he's the next great middle linebacker in their defense, and that's what Chicago is known for. Yep, no doubt. Wayne, great stuff. Get back to a training camp. We always appreciate your time, and I'll talk to you again soon, okay? All right, sounds good, Bill. Have a great call Friday night. There you go. The voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larrabee, joining us for a couple of minutes, and I uh, always appreciate his time. Uh, up there at Packers training camp. We're out here in South Dakota, but uh, we make it work. Good stuff. Thanks to him for joining us for a few and giving us his thoughts as the Green Bay Packers go, so to speak. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break, come back. Bottom of the hour, we should be joined up here uh, by, and you'll, we'll put it up uh, on the camera as well, but our good friend uh, Jesse James Dupree, the band Jackal, they're going to take the stage on Thursday night. Their 30th anniversary show is coming up. We're going to be a part of it, too. I'm kind of excited about this, but... Uh, he's going to swing by, and he, uh, along with his uh, partners, own this place and uh, bring us out here and uh, are gracious enough to host us. So thanks to him for uh, allowing us to be a part of it, but more so for being a part of the show coming up on Thursday night before a sold-out crowd over at Full Throttle. I don't even know how many people that place holds. It's beyond thousands. I want to say maybe 10,000, 8,000, something like that. I mean, it, you can squeeze a ton of people back there. I have no idea, but it's, it, it, maybe I'm way off on my estimate. I don't know. But I know that uh, last night it was thousands of people that were over there. 
and uh, they had Tesla, they've had Molly Hatchet, they've had numerous big bands. They got more coming in, but uh, the big show is coming up on Thursday night as Jackal takes the stage. Let's do this. We're gonna step away, take a quick break. More out here in Sturgis, South Dakota, coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. appreciate you taking a listen to us and for those of you watching the on the uh, bud light live stream here as well you get a good view of what's uh, just out in front of us beautiful view here at uh, pappy hoyle campground and joining us here is our good friend and lead singer of the band jackal and entrepreneur and jesse james bourbons and i, I can go on and on but <laughs> it would take up the entire segment how you been man bill michaels in the house how you doing the, 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 bill michaels does the black kills uh, oh doing, i man, love man, this place now, now that you're here let's take a selfie together there we go you got your video camera going there. Yeah, people, you're going. People, people are seeing you, too. This. Yeah. All right. Hello, everybody. There you go. Yes. How you been? I'm doing great, man. We were just talking. How, how many viewers, I mean, how many listeners you got now dialing in? On uh, when you start dialing everybody in throughout the states, it's, I don't know, 8 million we can cover. And, uh, and we, we've got I, 600 acres out here of off the hook. We got the Olympic-sized swimming pool. We got the full throttle saloon. We got, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the all-you-can-eat breakfast and dinner buffet. Right. Just got the racetracks out there. Got 300 cabins. Jackal's going to be playing on Thursday night, our 30th anniversary. Kid. See, that's what that's what I'm excited for. We're going to see Bill inducted into the Hall of Fame, yeah. your buddy Bill Davidson, yeah. tomorrow, and then we get to see you on Thursday night. That's that's the reason we're here, man. You know, it, what is just worked out beautifully is that um, August the 11th is 30 years to the day that our first album dropped. That's what I. That's so what we're you're having our me. 30th anniversary on the day that we dropped our first album and it's all happening right here at our home base the full throttle sloan yeah. campground and and um so it's it's, it's special for me uh, we're dropping a new record uh, on uh, mm-hmm. this week and uh, matter of fact a new single dropped out today called another round right that, that's uh this great you get it on all is it today or tomorrow it drops it's called another round on all streaming platforms and uh yeah so we're just uh, celebrating life and then of course another rally the 82nd annual sturgis yeah. motorcycle rally and this place just getting more and more dialed in i could not be more proud of my team you know, just smiles, people shaking our hands, telling us that they're noticing we did this, noticing we did that, and right. just every year trying to make it better. So it's it's a big lift, but it's a, such a sense of accomplishment. In, in in the rock fest, and I had somebody ask me this question. I thought this is a really good question because when it comes to Jack on the band, you guys have been together 30 years, yeah. and you don't hear about arguments, you don't hear about fights, you don't hear about none of that kind of stuff. You're the front man. You're, you're doing the bourbons. You're doing the whiskeys. You're doing this. You're the face of full throttle. And how do you then... Being as big as you are, you personally, then not have jealousies and all that kind of stuff take over with the band because you guys have just remained so close. Well, they've all got their own things they do too. I mean, you know, Jeff paints and you know he's and he's into to cool things. He's designing his own guitars and stuff. And then yeah. Roman's got the moniker jewelry that I'm wearing. You know, him and his family they do that. And and then also and Roman also likes to build stuff. And Chris as well. Roman and Chris both. Uh, uh, Chris. Uh, works with uh, doing uh, redecorations, uh, uh, remodelings. I should I say yeah. remodelings on on how he's got a business that does that. So everybody stays busy doing their own thing. Right. They're passionate about. It. But we uh, we've been together so long. I mean, I'm, hell, I'm not saying we're not without our our fusses and stuff. But I mean, we I mean, knock on wood. I mean, we're, we're just like brothers. You know, so right. Been very very blessed to have you know the, the the bunch of us together for yeah. all the, for all these years and when we hit the stage, they they keep me as far as what all I do. They keep me centered. They remind me of what where it all came from right. you know as far as you know because i can get caught up in the business 
But uh, there's something about standing backstage before we go on and just the vibe of the four of us together. Right. All of everything else disappears, mm-hmm. and you hit the stage, and it's just game See, on. See, I remember because I interviewed you back in the 90s. Yeah. And traveled around with you guys a little bit. And it, it was you were big then, but everybody was big. The band was big. Everybody was getting all this attention. And it's you just remained humble, I, I guess is the best way well, to put it. Well, Mama would whoop you otherwise, right? <laughs> Ain't that right? Mama would whoop you otherwise. So yeah, just, uh, I mean, we all. That's got, awesome. We all had the same. That, that's really though a tribute to what it is you guys have inwardly. For for you know, like yeah, you said, yeah, you yeah. fight like brothers, but you're brothers. Yeah, it, but in knock on wood, we really don't fight that much. I mean, we, we, um, I mean, we we just I think over the years you just you, there's a certain mutual respect and everybody's got their lane and what mm-hmm. they do and what they're great at and 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 we don't take each other for granted. Now, that's that's I think that's where. Other bands have issues. You know, there's that tug and pull and stuff. And, I mean, I, I know I could go hit the stage without those guys, but it's just not the same. Right. And I right. don't want to hit the stage without those guys. Right. So What's cooler, being able to pull out of here doing your ride, watching thousands of bikes follow you? Yeah. Or coming out on stage and looking at all the fans' faces looking up at you? Coming out on stage and playing. That, that'll always be my, my first true yeah. love. You know, there's nothing that beats that 90 minutes to two hours that you're on stage. I mean, right. that's, uh, again, that's, that's that that. that if I can let everything else go away, that'd be the one thing I got to keep. Yeah, you know. So and, and that, no sign of stopping. I don't want to. I don't want to celebrate the thirtieth too much because I, I don't want to. I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth. I yeah. just want to keep going. Right. Keep getting away with it. So give us a give us a little insight of what's what's coming up on Thursday night. Well, we're we're giving away a brand new Harley Davidson Road Glide Special. Harley Davidson. Uh, I'm so, so proud to work with the Harley Davidson right. Harley Davidson Motor Company. Uh, we have a series called the Rolling Series. So we do Rolling Daytona, Rolling Milwaukee, Rolling Sturges, Rolling. Bikes, Blues, and Barbecue in Arkansas, and we uh, we do six-week campaigns. We drive people into the dealerships, and they have a chance to win trips to Sturgis. They have a chance to win trips to Daytona Bike Week, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff, but they have a chance to stand on stage with me. I'll have ten finalists on stage on Thursday night. They'll each get a chance to stand. They're coming from dealerships. They, they randomly pick from 84 dealerships that we have partnered with us, right. and from L.A. and San Diego to New York and Boston, Miami to Detroit, Milwaukee. And and well, there'll be 10 people picked. They're on stage. They each get to pick a key out of a bucket. And whoever's key turns the switch rides off on That's a brand-new awesome. Harley-Davidson Road Glide Special. I remember last year you did it in Milwaukee, and it was the second-to-last one that finally won the bike. Yeah, in Laconia. Really cool. In Laconia, we did this huge build-up. We're going to give this bike away. Everybody gets to pick a key. Where you know, and there's a little bit of anticipation. The woman reaches up there, sticks her hand in the bucket, pulls it out, first key, boom, cranks it. Really? There you go. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> yeah, that was uh, it's, it's great, man. It's like being Santa Claus. I get to be Santa Claus, you know, five times a year. Yeah, no, that's great. So uh, I, I do want to talk real quick because you're real close with the guys from VFW. You do a oh, lot yeah. of stuff for our friends in the military. You're gracious enough to come to our ride again this year and say yeah. hello to everybody after your show on yeah. on Saturday night when you come back to Milwaukee for the rally. Talk about the the, the what the vets mean to you and what the, you want to give back to them. Well, my uncle was uh, was a, a marine. He was the top recruiter in the Marine Corps back in the '70s, and so I mean I grew up you know as a kid you know sorry about that some technical difficulties with bill on site we're gonna step away here take a quick break we'll come back and and bill will take it uh from there back in a couple it's the bill michaels show this is the bill michaels show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Welcome back to the program. We're broadcasting.
Jesse Lai. We're here in Sturgis. Had uh, a, a power strip pop on us. That's okay. We're back. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Very quickly, Jesse James Dupree from the band Jackal also uh, has the entire uh, establishment here in front of him, uh, kind of managing everything, which when, is amazing. Your energy. When that power went out, it scared me to death because. We had one of our guys, you know, it's kind of like Green Acres out here. you got all these ranchers. <laughs> it is because we have all these ranchers that come. Like we got a guy named Dana that handles all of our plumbing. Lo- okay. Local. Right. Big rancher, hardcore guy. Over the years, he, he knows all of our plumbing out here. Okay. Then you get like Mr. Haney on Green Acres. You sure. Know, or whatever. Yeah. We have, we have Sheldon who does all the electricity. We have Barney who does all the signs and right. the fences and stuff. Yeah. And he's got the bu- only bucket truck in Sturgis. <laughs> you know, and so it's like a little children's TV show with our right. characters, Dana, Sheldon. Barney. Which just makes for a great yeah, TV show. But Barney, but Barney was stabbing uh, uh, fence post in the ground and stabbed in and hit a 240-volt line and blacked out all of our property and all of the ranchers nearby. Oh, the my goodness. Grid, yeah. And uh, it was so scary because we, it, it, we couldn't figure out what it was. It took us forever to finally figure it out because he had stabbed. But you figure he's got... 600 fence posts out there. Which one is it? Right. right. Yeah, so they had to, the power company had to come out and locate. And oh, just, wow. I mean, so when that yeah. power went out, I went, oh, my God. Somebody staffed something yeah, somebody they staffed should have. Somebody should Thank yeah. God it was just a six-plug strip. We were talking about veterans real quick. Yeah. And no, uh, yeah. I wanted to get into that because I wanted to get back to it because I know that's near and dear to your heart. So not only for what it is you do with the VFW, but, uh, like, when you come to ours for Fisher House, Wisconsin, for yeah. military members, veterans, and their families who support those. So it, it, it means a lot to you when you're talking about giving bikes away and playing Santa Claus and stuff. That's all a part of it. Well, we work with the VFW and uh, to help them with the recruiting. They help all of our soldiers understand their benefits, collect their benefits, if they're mm-hmm. having trouble with their benefits. And so that's a big deal. But th- we also we have the Unmet Needs Program. And the Unmet Needs Program... Uh, you know, it benefits soldiers that find themselves in financial hardship from being deployed or injured, uh, whatever the case may be, and it helps their families. And, and, and it could be as little as helping with a hot water heater going out or mm-hmm. making a house payment or you, you never know, medical bills. Right. And, um, and, and so for family members or whatever the case may be. But it's, it's, it, we, we're celebrating over $250,000 in the last 18 months wow. that we've raised with all of our Harley-Davidson partners, radio station partners such as yeah. yourself, getting the word out there about it. You know, the fact you'll open up a microphone, the fact that you reminded me to talk about it. Right. You know, and, um, you know the, the fact that, uh, you know, that we can let people know that they can, you know, find the VFWs that are out at the, v, you know, if they see them out at a Harley dealership, they can go over. Even here at the Full Throttle, you can make a donation right there for the Unmet Needs Program. And if you're a veteran, you can, and if you've got a family member that is a veteran uh, that served in a foreign war, you know, I'd strongly suggest that you encourage them to seek out their veterans of foreign wars because either they may need some help from the VFW at some point or they could help the VFW help others that do need yeah. it. And these veterans, they, you know, there's not a more loyal bunch to each other than the veterans. And uh, I never served, but uh, I'm proud to say that I've done what I can to support those fellows. Yeah, and you do every year for us uh, the last three, four years. You've yeah, well, been just over like with you our... I mean, how many years have you been doing your thing now? Fifteen. This is our 15th anniversary. Yes, and this is, it was interesting because normally you kind of show up. And yeah. we say, hey, you're here. This year I called and I said, hey, can you can you do this? And when we announced you're coming, that, I mean, that, that was a big deal. People said, well, we're there. I oh, mean, no. and they think it's so cool that you're going to be a part of that, and you've already committed to that and coming over and no, saying no. hello. So, so I mean, I'm, again, proud. It's not hard to twist my arm to get on a motorcycle <laughs> and ride, hang out, come hang out with all you people that are riding. There's, there, I, I say it all the time. There's not a more charitable bunch of individuals that will give you the shirt off their back than somebody yeah. that rides a Harley-Davidson motorcycle and proud to be part, part of that fraternity. And, you know, and, and look at this out here. I mean, this is – 
This is the la- This is what's left of real America. I mean, you know, the, the media's got everybody so divided, and, and you get caught up in watching either your Fox News or your CNNs, and 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 uh, I watch both of them so I can figure out that the truth is somewhere in the middle. Right. Know? And uh, but but we we've been so divided over the last decade, you know, or so, and the fact that you could come out here. And you can't tell a Democrat from a Republican or yeah. whatever, you know, I mean, or an Australian from a Belgium. Or, right, or right. Whatever, you know, but they're from all over the world. And everybody's bellied up to the bar. A 21-year-old hanging out with a 75-year-old. Yeah. And, you know, they got their arm around each other's back and t- cheer, taking a cheers yeah. to, to the, the riding the needles highway together. Yeah. And, and, you know, I wish that everybody out there, even if you don't ride a motorcycle, you should come to this event because – it, it truly is a humbling experience to think about this country. You look at the Black Hills of South Dakota, Mount Rushmore, Crazy Horse, Deadwood, Devil's Tower, the Badlands, uh, the, just all these incredible Spearfish Canyon, mm-hmm. uh, just all these things that, that if you come out and you think about the fiber of the men that drug their wife and kid in a covered wagon across this terrain oh, to settle this part of the country. And, you know, and, and then you wake your ass up every day and think, what am I going to do today? Right. You know, I mean, so, sure. so you know, it, it really puts things in perspective of, you know, of, of, of just, you know, how blessed we are at this day and, and age and, and, and to be able to come and do this. And we've suffered through a couple of years of COVID. Uh, we've had strong rallies in spite of. But look at we're outside. Yeah. It's, it's hot. Everybody's hanging with their groups. They're, you can't get any better critical distancing than on a motorcycle. But, sure. But nonetheless, uh, I, I'm not saying that for politics or COVID or anything. I'm just saying how blessed are we that, that this exists and that we get to do it 82 years, 83 years next year. So make your plans to come out. Even if you don't ride, there's so much that you'll enjoy. You get on this property, you don't need to ride. You no, can, you don't need to leave. Everything's here. You, you got, still experience it yeah. all, even though you may not be on, a, yeah. on two wheels. Yeah, yeah. Certainly bring exactly. out your golf cart and hang out for that. Exactly. That's yeah. a lot of fun as well. I, I know you got to run. I know your crew is uh, going to be dragging you all over the place, too. But, man, I always appreciate it. Love you for uh, doing what you do. Oh, uh, man, I love you, too, Bill. I'm so, so proud that you're out here. I'm glad you were able to finagle things around. I know Bill Davidson's going to be excited that you're there with him yeah. as he's inducted into the Sturgis Hall of Fame. I, yeah. I told this story, and, I, and I'll tell it on the air with you standing next to me, but I, I called a friend of mine because I had said we were going to come out last week. Yeah. And I said, make the preparations. We're going to get there a week ahead of time. And you called me. You you picked up the phone. You called me. And I said, I've never heard a grown man with so much empathy and love in his voice that said, please come out. I want you to hear for the 30th anniversary. Don't, don't miss this one. Yeah. yeah, don't miss this one. So it was almost like I gave you a hug through the phone. Yeah, I said, okay, you, you, we're, we'll rearrange the world. We'll do it. We'll make it work. Packers training camp. We're well, coming out well, and hanging well, I, out. I just felt bad last year because I mean, you were here for the week before, and there was a handful of people here. Yeah. Still. But as you were packing up and leaving, you were passing just thousands and thousands right. of people. Yeah. And I'm going, damn, he's going to miss the party. So I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for yeah. rearranging. I no. know you, it, it took a lot for you to rearrange everything. We brought friends that want to see you and want to see the band and the 30th anniversary. And I, I can't tell you how many people have said, I remember when. And that's the best. I remember when. But, yeah, you're still kicking ass and still rocking, and that's so much fun. I, uh, I You know, I, I, I hear these stories. You know, people come up and tell me the first time they heard the band or the first time they saw the band or do I remember playing this venue or do I remember this or that. And I hear it. And um, it, it takes me back to I was sitting in a – car with brian johnson from acdc and he and i went to a festival together in florida and sat in and jammed it and had a lot of this back several years ago and and uh, somebody came running up and wanted him to sign their back in black cd and he signed it and then he told him that i should sign he's so humble and you know and yeah. and, and and uh and and i wasn't worthy to, to do the back in black. I mean, you know, just I mean, back in black right so the, the guys run off and he goes you know he goes, i never understand this 
the signature thing. Yeah. He said, it's always just, you know, I've just always thought about that. And, um, and I said, well, maybe for me, for where I am in my career, I said, but that's back in black. I said, people can tell you where they were when we landed on the moon. People can tell you where the day that Kennedy got assassinated. And everybody can tell you where they were the first time they heard back, back in, in black. black. Right. Yeah. Or shit, shit me all night long. And, yeah. And, uh, but I, I'm often, uh, every time I think about Brian in that conversation, if, when, now that I'm at 30 years, and people are coming up going, I saw you when you first got started in Michigan, or I was there yeah. I was there when you cut yourself in Florida, or I was at Woodstock 94, or I saw you in DMC jamming in, in Milwaukee, yeah. or I was, you know, and, and just these people that is part of their life, you know, the, the experiences that I've had. So I've been, I've been a very blessed son of a bitch, and I'm going yeah. go to keep it. And so are you, my brother. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Bill Michaels in the Badlands, baby. Loving having you. We need T-shirts made. Bill Michaels in the Badlands. That's what, <laughs> that's what we got to get. I'm just going to put one that says, I'm with him. There you go. So I can go anywhere where you go. Jesse James Dupree of the band Jack. Go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held practice in the rain yesterday here in Green Bay, something they rarely do. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. Told the guys to make sure they got have the right cleats, and we've got to get used to practicing in some, you know, less than ideal weather. Rookie wide receiver Romeo Dobbs grew up in L.A. and played college ball in Nevada, but says when he got drafted by Green Bay, he knew there would be days like yesterday. As soon as I got my phone call that I was going to get drafted here, I knew what to expect. Um, I knew the elements. I've watched Green Bay play in playoff games, uh, regular season games, and the elements are different, so it's not it's not a surprise to me. The defense dominating again in the 11-on-11 team drills. Linebacker Devondre Campbell deflecting an Aaron Rodgers pass that prevented a touchdown, and former Raiders defensive back Keyshawn Nixon intercepted a Jordan Love pass intended for Amari Rodgers in the end zone. Packers safety, Adrian Amos. And I think we've been doing that, getting to the ball, competing with each other. I think that's big, especially us in the uh, DB room, all across the board, because once we get in there to the um, defensive team room together, we all evaluating each other, too, and we holding each other accountable through jokes or whatever. Either way, we holding each other accountable and all trying to make plays. Matt LaFleur. Everything's a double-edged sword, right? I think there's been some great moments on both sides of the ball, both in the run game and in the pass game, and ultimately it comes down to we'll get a better indication of where we are in this next game. That's Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Broadcasting live, Sturgis, just South Dakota, and uh, man, what a what a pleasure it is to get Jesse on the airwaves. Good stuff, really good stuff. Uh, kind of getting off of the sports topic for just a little bit. Now, Ben, you uh, how old were you in 1992-93? Am I supposed to answer that? Yeah, uh, I was negative six. Wow. So, have you ever heard? anything from the band jackal i have not and that also might say something about myself as a music consumer but no yeah you gotta find the lumberjack song and then uh they 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 got a lot off that first album uh down on me was a really good tune 
But the Lumberjack song is the one that is probably the most well-known because he actually plays a steel chainsaw on the stage. And I think that's the song that, for the most part, they end with when they either cut up a bar stool or cut up a guitar or something with the chainsaw. But he actually plays the chainsaw. So you're going to have to you have to pull that up at some point. And we'll, uh, we'll play that to, tomorrow as well on the program as we get ready for the, uh, the show coming up on Thursday night. So. But good stuff from Jesse James Dupree and the band Jackal. Um, this is uh, from Mark who said, uh, or not Mark, we already read that one. This is Dwayne who said, I saw you guys downtown last night. Uh, I had a chance to see you at the Stinger Bar. Yeah, you know what? We were talking about that a little bit earlier um, I, I, before we had uh, brought Mike Clemens on. But uh, last night went down to a Big Al swap shop, and there's a place down there called uh, Sound Art USA, which is the, the canvas prints and such that they have down there are just amazing. And all the uh, different things that were handmade, uh, whether it's the chairs, the bar stools, uh, some of the other you know things that they have in that place. But then across the street is the Stinger Bar, and four gentlemen got together years ago, all retired or semi-retired, and started putting their craft together and just basically built this bar from the ground up in this old building in downtown Sturgis and they're most the, the, the most generous, nicest group of guys uh, and Americans, I guess is the best way to put it that you'd ever want to meet. And uh, they have uh, you know a, a little society down there and they're just really cool people and uh, and they got cigars in the back of the shop and you can go out back and and hang out underneath the uh, the awning out there and smoke cigars with them and hang out. But that's what we did. And if you're uh, coming to this Sturgis rally, or maybe you're here and you're listening to the sound of my voice, two great places to go in downtown Sturgis. One, obviously, is uh, over at uh, Sound Art USA. If you're looking for any really cool canvas prints, maybe you get a great shot of yourself on the bike or here at Full Throttle or something, you want to turn it into a canvas print that has sound and music and can come to life, that's one way to do it. But uh, if you're going to go just enjoy a beverage, Man, you got to get down to the Stinger Bar, downtown Sturgis. Just look it up and, and walk to it and just enjoy the view, enjoy the, the people, the camaraderie inside that place. Just a wonderful place. And we found it last year, and uh, I, it's, it's a destination every time you come here. You, you got the Chainsaw song? I do. Do it. There you go. That's it. You've never heard a chainsaw played on stage before. <laughs> That's awesome. That's the one they're famous for, and then there's others, but man, oh, man. Ben, uh, they are coming to town the weekend of our motorcycle ride, which is Sunday or uh, Saturday, September 3rd. They're playing at the Harley-Davidson Museum. If you want to go backstage, I will, I will bring you up on the stage next to the stage as they play the Chainsaw song. There now, is... See, this is your musical expansion. I can bring you into the Milwaukee Rally and put you up on the side of the stage on Saturday, September 3rd. Oh, God. As long as there's no photographs, I think that'll play. Well, what, what do you mean photographs? Is photographs of you on stage? I, I got to standing on the side. No, not putting you on the stage to sing with them for God's sakes. But you can come up and hang out on the side of the stage. Yeah, I got to go back home and say, "Yeah, mom, you see, this weekend Wisconsin played their first football game of the season. I didn't watch it yeah. or go to it. Instead, I started oh, playing no, a chainsaw. You can watch it go to it because the the, the 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 concert isn't until later on Saturday night. It's like eight o'clock on Saturday night. I think Wisconsin isn't the can night still watch slot, the game. but. That's okay. You can still watch the game. We'll stop down at Stenny's, and then afterwards we'll head on over to the, uh, the Harley Museum. We can do that. 
Life is good, man. We can do it that way. I will. That's not uh, a problem. I'll choose to ask for f- family forgiveness instead of permission. You know. Okay. There you go. There you go. We we got you covered. No problem. The chainsaw song. Are there any other like, large uh, pieces of machinery that are played during the songs? Before I get my head. No. Cold? No. That's it. That's it. That's it. Just the chainsaw. But that uh, that's all you need, really. You know, when you got a guy up there singing uh, rock and roll music and then wielding a chainsaw, what more do you want? You know, I am like axe throwing or something. I am wildly impressed at the different tones that machine has. I would expect it to be or, just one consistent tone. Unless, of course, you're delivered to the stage by like a giant cat, you know, earth mover or something like that. Another large piece of machinery bringing you to the stage. We really digress. We've gone down a crazy rabbit hole, but still cool as hell. Like it. <laughs> I got to expand your horizons, Ben. Should I be taking DM- you know, some, Sometimes old school needs to meet new school and slap new school in the face and say, <laughs> wake the hell up. That's what it needs, you know? Should I take DMT before I come to the concert or afterwards? Uh, I would take it during. Oh, God. I'd get there just before we walk up onto the side of the stage. See, we need to bring we need to bring Rowdy for sure, and Ebo's got to get out of his comfort zone. We got to because I just saw him kind of you know perusing and acting cool and dancing and such in Vegas, and now we got to we got to throw him in leathers and rock him down. So uh, we do that. So Jen's up for anything, but Ebo he's he's a, he's got a comfort zone that he likes to remain in. We got to get him outside of his comfort zone. I do think the power rankings of this station who would you know be easiest to bring. Ebo and Nelson might be tied at number one. I'd probably put Ebo first. He's more up for whatever. And then I think I'm definitely sitting third. Okay. I have yet to get Ebo to Milwaukee. Yeah. The only time I've ever seen Ebo in Milwaukee was years and years and years ago. He was doing a morning show with Joe. And they were out in front of then Miller Park uh, outside doing their show. And, and, and imbibing at the time, as a matter of fact. That's the only time I've seen him in Milwaukee. So we get, we got to get the we got to get a staff outing for the gang. He can't leave the cats home alone. You know this. <laughs> Who watched the cats when he was in Vegas? <laughs> That's a great question. Not me. You know? That's for sure. Oh my god, I'm sure there's a pussycat babysitter that's uh, out there on an app somewhere. Comes by and fills the water dish and it is what it is. They drop a few pellets in the uh, the old chute, and off you go. Cats kind of take care of themselves, though. Not and theirs. If they run out of water, you gotta leave. You gotta leave the toilet seats up so they can drink out of the toilet. <laughs> oh man, good stuff. Uh, coming up in the next hour, we got uh, other people you're going to hear from. That's not just uh, making and waxing nostalgic, like myself and, and Ben, but uh, we're going to hear from Jordan Love among others. So hang in there, Jordan Love, Romeo Dubs, Sammy Watkins as well. That is all coming up after the top of the hour. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends uh, over there. Uh, by the way, got to always say hi to our friends at uh, uh, Quick Trip. Quick Trip has been doing so many great things for a long, long time, and uh, we, we miss them out here big time. You don't realize how much you miss something until you no longer have it. And uh, Quick Trip is one of those entities. Love Quick Trip. Can't wait to get back into uh, our neck of the woods so I can start to uh, stop by the Quick Trip on a daily. 
But uh, Quick Trip, use your Quick Rewards card. Get yourself some of your own cash, absolutely free, no fee ATMs. And uh, they've got a lot of good stuff over there at Quick Trip. And still throughout the summer, you buy some Mountain Dew, you can maybe pull that pop top off and win yourself some cash along the way as well. A lot of good things happening with our friends at Quick Trip. we got three hours down. we got another hour yet to go. We are broadcasting live. Beautiful. Sturgis, South Dakota. Stay tuned. we got a lot more coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.